Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner. Really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Hello and welcome to another episode of Get Out of Rap. Today I'm very lucky to be joined by someone who I think is one, if not the most uh, prominent person and role model for the industry, and that is Anne-Marie Stagg, who has led the CCMA, the Contact Centre Management Association, for the last 20 years. Hello, Anne-Marie. Good afternoon, Martin. How are you? Yeah, really, really good, thank you. Yeah, delighted to be here chatting to you. Thanks very much for doing this. So this is a... a big year for the CCMA. This is your 25th year anniversary. Absolutely, yes. I think a lot of people think that I set the CCMA up 25 years ago, but I, but I didn't. Um, so I have been involved with it for a long time. Um, I don't know, maybe 23 years. Um, so I actually joined as a member of the CCMA when it was very first set up. Um, and then I kind of took part as a member, took part in their awards joined the board, et cetera, et cetera, um, became their chair um, and then ran it um, as the chair as I was working full-time in the industry. Um, and then I decided about seven years ago to run it full-time. Um, so, yeah, I've gone from being a member um, to now running it. And, yeah, we've just celebrated our 25th year which, frankly, just makes us all feel a bit old, really. <laughs> yeah, but I guess you must have both coming from the industry and now, with the role you've had, I can just imagine you, you're involved, but then you're also viewing so many other different contact centres. Yeah. And something like an anniversary always makes you, I guess, a bit reflective. Yes. So when you look back, how much has the industry changed, do you think? Do you know, it's one of those things where you kind of go, everything's changed, but nothing's changed, yeah? So you're still having the same conversation. So the experiences that I had when I had my very first job as a contact centre manager, which was at the AA in Cheadle, um, was, you know, the same issues people are still having today. Yeah, the world's changed and consumers want different things and contact centres have had to react to that. But it's fundamentally still a people business, And so, you know, the issues then, um, all those years ago, were recruiting the right people, training them properly, giving them the right tools, supporting them, coaching them, trying to get them to not leave, um, engaging them, um, setting the right targets. They're still, you know, the, the same issues. So, you know, I've been with a group of members this morning talking about employee engagement, recruitment and retention. So you know, everything changes but nothing changes, yeah. <laughs> which is reassuring in some ways. Yeah. Um, but for, for me, yeah, I think the point you make is I've worked in the industry and then stepped outside to the side of the industry, I guess. And, and so now I've got a window into lots of different industries and contact centres, um, but bring with it that operational experience mm. that was... It really, really valuable, mm. and it, and I think it just allows me to talk to our members in a way that 
I have empathy and I understand what their issues are. And definitely when we've recruited CCMA team members, we've looked for people who've got that experience, yeah, that have been sure. there, got the T-shirt, because you know you need to understand, if you're trying to look after your members, you've got to understand what their issues are. So um, that's proved very valuable. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a very different role, standing on the outside and looking in. Um, and sometimes that's really quite nice, because you can understand it and you can help but then you can walk away <laughs> and go okay uh, I don't have to deal with that on a day-to-day basis um, but you know we're kind of here to help and guide and um, you know hopefully we do that well, I guess well. that is that then not really and you guys deliver it year on year on year I think um, the last three companies I've worked at we've luckily enough all been members so we've all come come to you for yeah where you know what's other people doing what's best practice but I guess then it's the challenge for you people expect you to have the finger on the pulse and yes. also this like foresight as well yeah there's no question of that I mean it's definitely a responsibility we have we've got to keep up to speed with what's going on in the market mm. so um, that means not only being in touch with members but also been in touch with the supplier community. Mm. So what solutions are out there? What works? What doesn't work? Um, who are people working with, having challenges with, or, or you know, having successes with? We need to understand that side as well. Um, yeah, people do expect you to be a guru. You know, it's not going to happen. Um, I think we work really hard at, at keeping up to speed with what's going on and trying to help our members, therefore know um, what it is that they need to be thinking about so Mm. something like our annual conference in November we really focused there on what you really should be looking at in the future Mm. Um, so you know we're pretty well connected with lots of industry experts um, who are far cleverer than us that understand it all um, and can predict it and you know I I think we kick the tyres of it Mm. so when we speak to some thought leaders and technology organisations and visionaries. I think the CCMA are quite good at saying, really? Are you sure? Does that work? <laughs> oh, for sure. I think definitely because you I always, you guys and the organisation as a whole is always very authentic. I don't think it's ever... People know that it's kind of like a safe space to go to yes. and say, does this really work or what, where, what do you think we're at? And yeah, I mean, authenticity is it's really important to us. Um, anyone... You know that we come into contact with it's, it's got to feel real um, we're genuine about what we're trying to do here, we're genuinely um, we exist to, to help people benchmark we help people to understand what's going on in the industry, to connect people um, you know, lo- lots of lots. it can be a lonely job being a contact centre manager or director and once you kind of step outside and go right, I need an external view that's where members really benefit yeah. of not kind of you know just silo thinking and head down and very internally focused once they lift their head up and see what other organize, organizations are doing in our experience that really that really helps them um, and I think that's one of the things that we do well we, we're very good at connecting members to each other yeah. somebody saying I've got this issue who can you put yeah. me in touch with that can help um, and we get great feedback in terms of the benefit that people get out of that. And that's over and above the kind of the constant cycle of events that you have, or um, special interest groups, 
mm-hmm. all of those different things. What what does that look like? It's a very very busy calendar. It's got busier and busier. Mm. Yeah. So we do we do monthly best practice visits. So you can you know go along to a contact centre. Um, and have a presentation on what it is that they're particularly good at. You can have a tour of their contact centre, get the chance to talk to other members that are there. So that, that's kind of regular every month. And then we do seminars, usually every other month, um, where we get members together to focus on a particular topic, um, very often in London or, or Manchester or in the north. Um, we do our annual conference, which is the UK National Contact Centre Conference. Um, as I said, that's November at the British Library, which is, again, another flagship event. These, we do all these for free, you know. Yeah. We don't charge for them, um, but it's worth it. Members really, really like them, so, um, you know, we're, we're very happy to do them. Um, we, you're right, we run a series of special interest groups. Um, so we've got a general insurance one, we've got a retail one, um, we've got um, social housing, uh, complaints management, um, quality management that you know well, um, and they're just you know a different opportunity to get mm. members together, usually around a particular topic. Mm. Um, and I guess they're all little communities in their own right. And mm. people often describe the CCMA as a community. I like that. Yeah. I do think we are a community, and we've got lots of communities within that community. So yeah, we're busy. It's it's great. We love it. You know got the best job in the world it's fantastic and of course congratulations um on just coming out of a, a great awards both the process but you know it, it kind of culminates doesn't it in the the night that was what just a week or so gone yeah um yeah. what a what a great night what how was that for you can you talk about that a bit yeah so it, uh, so we run the uk national contact center awards um so we had 751 people counting um to the dinner in london last tuesday it was it was great um it's you know putting on an event that size it's not just about the night you know it's six months in the making so it's deciding with our members what the categories are to make sure they reflect the industry um going out there and promoting it getting all the nominations in going through the judging process then the logistics of the awards evening for that amount of people um, it's really time consuming um, it's so enjoyable mm-hmm. particularly the judging process it's fantastic you get to hear what people are doing and what you know the, the best of the best are doing that's absolutely fantastic and I know our judges really love that the awards night itself is really interesting because you know everybody says oh my god you must be so looking forward to it and you kind of well you know you're looking forward to midnight when it's <laughs> finished <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you can get off the stage and go phew it's it's all gone well everybody's had a good night you know i cannot tell you how important it is to us that the the standard is right that the quality of the evening's right you know right down from the drinks reception to the mm. table program to mm. the guest celebrity um it's so, it's so precious to every single member of our team that, frankly, we're exhausted. And if we're looking forward to anything, there's two things you look forward to on that night, OK? So the first thing the team will say is they look forward to one o'clock in the morning when we all sit around the table with a few bottles of wine and talk about what happened. Mm. And that is lovely, and we all love that. Um, but the other thing is, you know, you call out somebody's name and the emotion yeah. 
that, that you experience watching somebody get on the stage. You know, some people are very calm and collective, mm. um, and you know, other people, you know, it's really emotional, yeah. and it's it's really emotional to be part of that for them. Yeah, you know, we always say, you know, when their names called out, if it's an individual award. That can, that's career changing. Yeah. It can be career changing, yeah. okay? Maybe not for everybody, but we've seen people take that award for, let's say, Contact Centre Manager of the Year, and it's absolutely career changing. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, other people, they, they get on the stage and they're in buckets of tears, um, and, and it, it's, it's just emotional. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, you know, aren't we fortunate to be in the position to be part of that and give them that opportunity? And give them their moment, their moment of glory. Mm. You know, I, I'm perhaps making it sound dramatic, but you know, it is dramatic. No, it. it is dramatic. It yeah. matters, and you know, people people go straight outside and they ring their mom and their dad and their grandma, and and um, you know, they go back to work and and they get all that attention, and it's just somebody kind of going, do you know what? You're doing really good here. Yeah, you're making a difference, and we're going to recognise that. Um, you know, and they don't need money, and hey, maybe, maybe they'd quite like money as a prize. <laughs> Just <laughs> take that trophy home yeah. and feel special. I think peer recognition, commu- community recognition, has can't be anything. You've got 750 people mm. in that room clapping and cheering as mm. you walk to the stage, and then you know, again, we've got this amazing community, and everybody's on their feet. Mm. You know, everybody's cheering and clapping as this person walks their way to the stage. What a great job, yeah. yeah. It's, it's wonderful. Great. Yeah, we absolutely love it. So you're right, it's the complete, it's the complete highlight of when the it, whole year. When it comes to the process then, mm. um, what, what's your role in the, in the judging process? Okay, so if I go back uh, some years, you know, I, I, I was involved in every single interview. Clearly, you know, it's got too big for that now. Um, Is that due to member size or just reflective of the industry in terms of all the categories that are now um yeah I suppose it's a couple of things really so I guess our member base has has grown quite significantly um and I think we've got more categories to reflect what's going on in the industry so if you look back at the very first year that we ran the awards so so we said CCMA is 25 years old the award started a year later so they're 24 years old in that very first year there were two categories. Really? Contacts, call centre manager of the year and team manager of the year. Mm. Uh, and, you know, maybe 100 people in the room. Yeah. Um, so now, you know, there's more categories because yeah. there are there are more, more roles more and there's more going on. Um, so I think it's naturally, naturally grown because of that. So my role now is chair of the judges. So I'm involved in the selection of the judges. Um... So that kind of falls into two. We have lead judges, and they are judges that um, have got a few years' experience of doing it. So they'll have been out judging with with me, um, and I'll have kind of talked them through the process and just, I guess, make sure that we're comfortable with their experience and their judgment. Mm. Um, So we're very lucky. We've got a number of lead judges that do it for us every year. And then we have support judges, so there'll be members that want to be a lead judge, um, and we want them to be doing support judge for two or three years before they can be a lead judge. And then sometimes, you know, we just have support judges that might do it for one year, and then, you know, 
they're too busy the next year, um, but they just want to kind of learn from the experience. So, so my, going back to my role as chair of judges, I suppose it's making sure the quality of the judging is robust, um, that the process is followed, that it that it's fair, and I kick the tyres of it. So when we do the calibration, mm. when the judging scores come in, then I'm looking at the different scores, just taking some of the KPI data that supports some of that and kicking the tyres of it and saying, well, okay, you know, you might have scored them a nine here, but looking at the data, tell me why you did that. So there's quite a lot of calibration um, that, that goes on, really. Um, and it's, it's time-consuming. Um, it's really, really important to us. If we put someone on the stage, we're comfortable with them. Mm. So, you know, you have to have a really robust process. And as you may well know, all that judging is face-to-face. Yeah. So we'll go out and we'll visit people in their contact centre or they'll come to a panel, um, but it's, it's face-to-face. I don't, I don't hold with the awards where it's a paper submission. Mm. You know, hello, mm. how can you yeah. judge somebody? How can that be a, a robust process? So, so it's robust, it's really time-consuming, but when we call out a name, be it a company, a team, or an individual, we're all confident. Mm. That's a winner. That person deserves their their time, their mm. space on that stage and to walk mm. away with that, that trophy. And so you've got to have that credibility, haven't you, I think? Oh, for sure. And what would you... What would you say to even people that were there who have gone through the process and maybe not one, mm. or people that could be listening and thinking, that sounds great, or they maybe come to the awards night but never actually taken the next step to submit an application? How would they, what advice would you give them in terms of finding out whether they have got something that should go in? Yeah. You know, what are the benefits outside of just winning? So I guess people enter for different reasons. Um, so it's kind of, you know, there, there are different drivers. So, you know, an organisation might take part because they've, you know, had a, a good project and they want to recognise their team or they know that they've got somebody that's a high flyer that um, just needs some recognition. Um it might be that the organisation is looking to raise their profile, you know, so so some of these awards help them with their recruitment process mm. to be able to say, hey, mm. look, we're a good employer here. Um, so I think there's lots, there's lots of different drivers. Um, wh- why are people hesitant to take part? Oh, I don't so know, I guess, I'm surmising, maybe. Yeah, so. no, so no you know, absolutely, people are, are, are hesitant. Some people are, yeah, 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 let's go for it, and other people are mm, not quite sure. I think when we talk to people... People are hesitant very often because they don't know how good they are. Yeah. So they, you know, they're not sure. I think we think we're good, but we're not quite sure. Um, and I, actually, when the support judges come along, very often they run away and go, "Do you know what? We're going to take part next year. We, you know, we're, we're as good as we as they are." Um, everybody's quite, I suppose, self-effacing and critical of what they're doing. Everybody thinks they can do better. So if you launch something and you, you know, you deliver a good project you might think, oh, well, somebody else is bound to be doing it better. Exactly. We're a bit that way, aren't yeah. we, really? Yeah. Um, and actually, that's not always the case. You, you know, a lot of the nominations, they're not presenting something that's perfect. Mm. You know, hey, what is? Mm. But they might be the best that are doing it. Mm. You know, so I th- if I think back to three or four years ago, maybe a little bit longer, we had a category for 
um, social media team of the year, web chat team of the year, and people were kind of going, oh my God, we're, you know, we're really new at this, we can't mm. possibly be good. Yeah. But, but lots of organisations were new at it, and you might be the best at that time in terms of the journey. So, you know, it, it, it's been able to throw your card in and go, do you know what, this is just a good way of benchmarking. Exactly. It's a good yeah. way of saying, well, look, we think we're quite good. We're going to go through this process and, hey, we might be surprised and walk away with some recognition. But if not, then we're going to get some feedback. Mm. Well, two things. We're going to get some feedback that says, you know, here were your gaps between you and the winner. But also what we try and do after the awards is arrange visits to the yeah. winners. So if you've taken part in an award or you know, thought about taking part in a war, but you're not quite sure whether you're up to that standard, then they can come along to the benchmarking visit. Mm-hmm. And then they can go and see and go, oh gosh, yeah, these guys are, are streets ahead of us, or mm, we're better than this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or very often, mm-hmm. we're as good as this. Yeah. You know, nine times out of ten people go back and they go, yeah, we're, we're not doing bad, mm-hmm. are we? We're doing okay mm-hmm. here. So, um, so yeah, you know, what's the worst that can happen? My goodness. Well, that's it. You can walk away with a, an award um, and have the managing director sat at your desk the next day saying, hey, congratulations, yeah. I hear you won an award last night. Um, you know, how wonderful. And we get lots of emails the week after from people saying, oh, my, you know, my goodness, I went back to work and, and this is how I got treated and, and you know, I, I suddenly have got a voice suddenly the managing director wants to talk to me and I'm just a team leader mm. um, or a project manager and hey, you know, if we think these people are good and it gives them a voice in their organisation, that's absolutely, mm. that's fantastic. Yeah, I think it's a very glib thing to say but it's so true that the goal is, that the end result is secondary, the process is of primary importance just having been in, lucky enough to be involved and seeing people because A, they're coming out of their comfort zone. Yes. Once they've got past those kind of internal barriers of, am I good enough? Or we won't win because this other company's huge or whatever it may be. Exactly. Once those are removed and they go into the process, they're yeah. out of their comfort zone. And then, like you say, they, you can see people develop just through going through the process. Yeah. It's, it's a surreal process, isn't it? Because, mm. you know, judges rock up. Um, you know, three judges turn up into your workplace and say, oh, we're here to interview you. Thanks for that. Who nominated me for this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just going through the process, you know, mm. I, we, we, our, our judges are trained to be, you know, warm and engaging and welcoming. And, you know, we say, look, you're not going to get a job or lose your job at the yeah. end of this. It is slightly surreal for judges to come along and say, well, you know, tell us, tell us what you've been doing and tell us what you've achieved um, and interestingly uh, again after the awards I've had a few similar emails this week people contacting us and saying I didn't think I'd win because the judges gave me such a hard time mm. and it's interesting that isn't it Cause, um, what we what we say to the judges of course is look within the first few minutes of the interview you've got a good feel if you're a good judge, you've got a feel as to whether you potentially have got a winner sat in front of you. And, and of course, like a normal interview, you therefore really, you know, you're, you're more robust, yeah? yeah? So you're really pushing this person because, again, you've got that test. 
are you prepared to put this person on the stage and say they are the best in this category? Yeah. And so the judges get tougher and tougher with their interview. Um, so the winners in the main, you know, when they get there on the night, they go, oh, there's no way I've won because the judge gave me such a hard time. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah. you know, actually we're going, no, no, you were really good, but they were, they, you know, they were robust with you. It's funny. The back it's funny where the mind goes because I was talking to some winners at the, um, during the night and they were convinced they hadn't won based on things that from the other side of the table you think you, re you really thought that because they said yeah. they based it on whether as judges you're taking lots of notes or not, none at all yes and if you're just looking at them and listening versus some that are scribbling pages and pages yeah and I said you walked you, they left the room going oh they, they only wrote two three pages yeah. in addition to the yeah. scoring criteria that is set out you know yes. so I thought, wow, it's funny how your brain Absolutely. goes to those. Well, even on the night, you know, people yeah. are going, oh, well, we're sat in the corner. We're on the front row. We must have oh, won. We're at the back of the room. 32, table 32 win. always yeah. wins. Where's the cameraman going? And, you know, hey, we're busy, but we haven't, we haven't got time <laughs> to do all yeah. of that strategy. Where, yeah. should we, where should we carefully place each of the winners? Um, but, it, yeah, I suppose people are looking for clues, aren't mm. they? They're looking for that reassurance and... You know, we, we, I'm always really mindful, um, and I don't know the answer to this, really mindful at the awards dinner, there are more losers than winners, mm. yeah? That's the nature of running an awards programme. Yeah. You've got to have people who do not win in order to have mm. people that win. And, and, and you know, there's the, the testing of them, their resilience, to say, okay, I was a finalist, fantastic. Yeah. Um, can I get some feedback? What do I need to do differently? Yeah. I'm coming back. Yeah. And it was interesting, um, Rachel um, from one of the insurance companies was there this year. She's been judged for for a while and we were laughing about it because she came back four years on the trot, okay, when she was a team leader. First year she didn't get anywhere. Second year she got bronze. Then she got silver and then she got gold. Yeah, she just wasn't giving yeah. up. Every single time she was like, give me my feedback. Right, what do, what do I need to do? I am not giving up. I want that gold. And, you know, now she's a contact centre manager and she's a judge for us. And, you know, she knows exactly what the nominee is going through, you know, that experience of being interviewed. Ex but, um, exactly. You know, so it's, 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 it's making, you know, you've got to enter it with the, enter the awards with the right spirit, haven't you? For if sure. You don't win. Hey, you're a finalist and let's make, let's make the and, most. And like I say, you've learned, you've done something that no, all of the other people in, in the industry doing the same role of you that haven't gone into the process, yeah. haven't put themselves out there. Absolutely. You're already showing that you're looking to develop more. And um, like I say, it is glib, but everyone benefits from, from going in it. Yeah, I, that, that's certainly my experience. And I, I like to think the feedback we get is that we make the judging experience as pleasant as it can be. Yeah. Yeah. That they, they always say, oh my God, the judges, they were so warm, they were so nice. Um, you know, we didn't feel too pressured. And then, you know, the event itself, you know, it's a great night. And, yeah. and we put a lot of, of effort into it. I know it's a really entertaining night. People always say, it's good, we enjoyed it, we felt looked after. We, you know, we, we had a good night with our team and, um, you know, yeah, so some advice is, oh, go for it. What's the worst that, the worst that can happen in you is you can make a career-changing exactly. decision. Exactly, and learn and develop from others. Yeah. Do you yeah. get a sense of any idea of how... Because you can nominate other people. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Nine times out of ten, somebody's, somebody's nominating. So, 
you know, um, your colleagues might nominate you, or if you're a contact centre manager, you'll nominate maybe a team manager. Team managers nominate their contact centre managers. Yeah, it's it's open to. We'll take a nomination from anybody that you work with. And you guys are very good, just for those people that might not know about the process or what to do. You've got loads of resources, webinars, all of that kind of stuff about. Yeah. What yeah. to do, when the dates are. Yeah, yeah. So everything's everything's there on the websites, but. You know, if people just want to pick the phone up and chat to us, then we'll chat to them. Um, sometimes it's like, you know, which category might we enter? Um, but, you know, we're here, we'll just we'll chat to them, we'll help them. In terms of um, what's coming next, I mean, you, like I was saying, you, go, you, you, the, you and the team are kind of going from one to the other to the other. So what's, what's the next big thing that's... Um... Yeah, so alongside the CCMA, we also run the European contact centre and customer service awards the X's um, and th- so those two programmes are back to back never lose count of how many C's X's yes people could go with the X's as we fondly call it so yeah before we even finish the UK awards we've launched the European awards so we took those awards over from United Business Media so we took them over four years ago and we, we scrubbed them, really. So we, we reviewed all the categories. Mm. We, we, we made them, I think, more relevant. We changed the judging process. Um, we changed lots of things about it. And, um, yeah, it's been great because last year we had 19 countries taking part across Europe. That's fantastic. Yeah, we had 1,200 uh, people at the dinner. Um, from memory, I think it was about 120 organisations. Um, now, those awards, um, we don't have individual categories. Mm. So for the UK awards, you know, yeah. always been a legacy of individual categories. But for the European awards, it is teams and organisations. Um, so they open, they've just opened. Um, what month are we? May. Yeah. And they'll close um, 12th of July. And then we start the whole process again in terms of judging mm-hmm. and planning the awards night. Um, so yeah, yeah. Here we here we go again. I mean, the great thing is, right throughout the year, we're getting access to what the best organisations are doing. Yeah. You know, that's a fantastic insight. That keeps our knowledge mm. up to speed, which is really helpful with our members. Um, we're getting to see what people are not just doing, but what they're learning. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes we'll, you know, when we're judging people, we'll say, "Great, but what?" When you launch that, what was your biggest learning? What would you not what's do again? Or, yeah, but, mm, but you know, what's your biggest mm, lesson learned? Mm, because we can we can take that and we can pass that on to other members to say, right, okay, so if you were rolling out AI, you know, everybody's interested in AI. Of course they are. Um, and when we listen to some of our members or the European award nominations, we're hearing firsthand what some great brands are doing. Yeah. You know, so the whole pilot it, test and learn, you know, rather than big launches, these are all great pieces mm. of, you know, genuine advice that we can share out to members. And again, put members in touch with each other to say, go and talk to these guys. We listen to them; they're doing a really good job of it. What a fascinating vehicle! So, nine, 19 countries. Where else will you get the opportunity? By being, if you're out there, whether mm. you work for a global company or you don't. Mm the opportunity through this process to develop contacts and learn from people in Russia, in Turkey, 
in the Ukraine or where France, Germany, yeah. and see what they're doing because there are things that are happening that are different. It yes. must be it must be great to kind of oversee that and see that. It is. It's fun, it's fabulous and it's fascinating, and a, a bit of an eye opener to be honest. So you learn things that you didn't know you needed to learn. <laughs> and I suppose, particularly with the European countries, you come in in touch with different um, employment laws quite yeah. often uh, and different cultures. So going across to Turkey and understanding what their priorities in life are linked to their workplace was huge and frankly you just felt so privileged to be in their workplace with mm. them spending time with you and you you know having your eyes opened to what was going on in their life um, and, and the impact and, and what work meant to them was was amazing um, Amsterdam completely different employment laws very much a temp employment so you know some of our scoring mechanisms we kind of had to scrub them and go, hang on a minute, this isn't a level playing field. Mm. We need to revisit this. Um, you, you know, again, back to Turkey, they are legally obliged to provide certain facilities, yeah. like lunch. Um, I think, if my memory, they had to provide two hot meals a day. Correct. So it was either yeah. breakfast and lunch yeah. or it was lunch and dinner. So they legally had to do that versus somebody maybe in another country that was doing it that didn't need to leave. Mm. Well, yeah, where's the level playing yeah. field there? Yeah. Um, they had to legally provide transport to and from the workplace. Um, so some of these organisations in Turkey literally owned bus companies as well yeah. in order to, to traffic their staff backwards and forwards to work. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's absolute privilege to go and do that. Um, and it's interesting when you say to members, oh, you know, I'm off to... Turkey or Lisbon or Amsterdam and they're like she does alright this woman she's got some nice jollies here and you're like yeah but you know nine times out of ten you're down some dirt track and some industrial estate on a roundabout somewhere um, which is you know no different from the UK very often about where their contact centres are yeah you don't see that much no no so you kind of park that and go you're just occasionally you might end up in Barcelona and, and you know enjoy the experience that that brings um, but you, you know, we definitely go focused with. Well, we're here to we're here to judge the contact centre. But personally, I personally have got so much out of that exposure to a different culture. And I've mm. like, you know, I thought that, I thought I knew most things about yeah, contact yeah. centres, but the European market and doing that comparison has just given me a whole new view of life. And you, respect. and you, as an association, of course, by by doing that and going there and seeing people who, based on their culture have challenges that we would never even conceive yes. and then their solutions are very creative um, you retain that knowledge to share yes. with UK based members right yes. so absolutely again yeah. it's just another benefit for people that if they're not yet sure to think about let, let, let's go in and see what other people are, yeah, ab- are doing ab- absolutely it's, it, just, it just gives you that wider lens um, and, you, you know, so many of these organisations now have got contact centres, pan-European, where that is the challenge that, you know, some of their UK contact centres are having to deal with. Mm. They're, they've got, you know, um, 
they're linked up with their operation in Barcelona or Prague or, or Russia. Um, and so you, you've got a broader awareness of what it is that they're having to deal with as mm-hmm. well. So, it's re- yeah, it's really, really insightful, yeah. Great. Anne-Marie Stagg, thank you very much for giving up your time. Pleasure. Um, congratulations again on the 25th anniversary and the awards that's just passed. Um, and I'm sure I'll put in a link for the CCMA so people can go and see it if they're not already great. members. Um, and it would be great to come for you to come back and to share some of your thoughts around what's the future and Absolutely. what you're seeing yeah, love to. today and all of that kind of thing. Yeah. So thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you very much, Martin. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.